What's going on everybody? Noah Alvarez here and thanks for tuning in to another edition of the My Mike and I podcast. Welcome, welcome ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to Generic Sports real quick for producing the instrumental in the background. You could check out his Bandcamp, search up uh, bandcamp.com, search up Generic Sports. If you're in the market for beats, I highly encourage you to go check out his stuff. He's a very talented individual with some special beats. He's also part of a band too and learned how to play bass all within the past couple months. So like I said, very talented individual. Keep doing your thing, keep creating. And speaking of creating, shout out to Vince Correa for creating the My Mike and I logo that you are seeing in your screen. He also helps out a ton with the My Mike and I Instagram page. If you're on the Instagram platform, that social media account, if you have a social media account on Instagram, you know what I mean. Definitely go follow the My Mike and I Instagram page at my period Mike and period I. One more time, that's at my period Mike and period I. I have a lot of fun with the synopsis videos that I do on a weekly basis. Always popping out of somewhere new. You never know where I'm going to pop out from. Kind of limited now with the whole uh, COVID-19 and everything breaking out. But nonetheless, I'm having a lot of fun. Trying to become one of the more fun podcasts to follow on that Instagram platform. Now, I know there's a lot of hard times going on right now. And the goal of this podcast is kind of uplift your spirits. You know, that's I think the goal for most people's podcasts to kind of put you in a good mood. And I want to avoid as much COVID-19, the coronavirus talk as possible. But there's a few things, two points that I really want to get off my chest. Because lately on Twitter, whether it's on Instagram, I've seen a lot of people kind of just moping around, especially people that don't have work right now. They're moping around, very sad. They're taking this to very hardly. And I think a lot of people have kind of lost motivation, kind of lost sight in, in, in what they've been doing. And, you know, for those people... I just want to encourage you guys to go out and find a hobby. And if you already had a hobby, turn that hobby into a side hustle. And if you already have a side hustle, put all your time, put all your effort into that side hustle and just go out and be a creative individual. And, you know, for me, just for speaking from experience, since both my jobs announced that we were not working and I'm very, I'm one of the fortunate ones where I'm still getting paid from both those jobs. I'm still getting compensated during this, uh, at least for a, a, you know, two week period. So I'm, you know, very fortunate for that. I know not everyone's in the same boat, but nonetheless, guys, I encourage you guys to use this time wisely because we're never going to get this kind of time in our lives probably ever again where things are going to be shut down or stopped and you're not going to have to be focused on work, whether it's Monday through Friday, nine to five, or if you start at four in the morning and you come out at one. I know there's still some people working out there. I don't want to shout out everyone who's working at grocery stores, the Targets, the Walmarts, at restaurants. Guys, be sure to support your local restaurants for sure, 100%. Keep those guys in business. But if you are not working right now, and whether you're being compensated or not, I strongly, strongly encourage you guys to do whatever the heck you've always wanted to do, but you just kept putting off because the time wasn't right or you were too busy because of work. I want you to take chances. I want you to use this free time like we're never going to get it again because we may never get it again. And so, like I said, I'm not I'm, uh, I'm not trying to be a motivational speaker. Sometimes that kind of like, I don't say it makes me cringe, but I'm serious, guys. I don't want to see so much depressing talk on the timeline for Instagram or, or, or Twitter. This is so much free time, guys. Don't be don't be sheep. I guess that's what I want to say. Go out and create something, whether it's a YouTube channel, whether it's a blog, whether it's a podcast like this, whether it's, you know, you want to you have a fitness goal that you're trying to hit now that you have a lot more time. Go on, go for it. Especially fitness too, guys. There's a lot of athletic trainers right now, uh, gym people that are posting free stuff on YouTube, Instagram, those kind of platforms. And you know, even though I may not be able to help you directly with what you want to do, reach out to me. Like I said on that Instagram platform, my period Mike and period I, or on Twitter at underscore Noah Alvarez, and hopefully I can point you into a direction of someone that can help you best reach your goal. If you want to learn a new skateboard trick, go out and skateboard for 10 hours a day because you don't have school or you don't have work to go to. You know what I mean? If you want to get good at photography, go out and shoot, man. I, I just, I really want, like, again, I'm not a, a motivational speaker. That's not the point of this podcast, but I really want you to encourage you guys to use this time wisely and get the most out of you can with this because you never know when you're going to have this much time in your life again and let's say things take a turn for the worst with everything i have an optimist view and i'm not thinking about that right now but that side hustle that hobby if you already develop it now this is the early beginnings you may be better off to kind of withstand any kind of depression or recession 
down the road if things were really fall off with the economy and with jobs and everything just because you'll always you already have something to work on and work towards and expand upon so again guys just encourage you to use your time wisely and make the most of this time have some fun because i've been having nothing but fun since both my jobs got temporarily canceled now second point i wanted to make about covid19 and i'm so tired of this i'm so 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 tired of people telling me that they have a family friend or a friend of a family member or a family member's family member or a friend of a friend of a friend that's higher up in the military and and is telling us as as it's a fact that we're going to be going on military lockdown suit no please stop spreading the fake news it's bullshit all right i'm a journalist um, I consider myself a multimedia journalist. I've done a lot of writing in the past. I've, you know, I've covered a lot of different things, and it's it's horseshit, guys. Stop doing it unless you have fact checked it from a local TV station, news station, a local print, uh, whether it's the LA Times, uh, New York Times. You know what I'm saying? If you live in Los Angeles, look up at KTLA five. Look up Los Angeles Times. There's all kinds of news stations and websites that you can go and have access to that are gonna you can fact check stuff on because. I really hate people who spread fake news and especially at a time like this that's what's scaring people this is you tell people that we're gonna go on military lockdown that's what encourages people to go buy two years supply of of toilet paper at a freaking store and that kind of screws everybody else over so please 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 and if you're in the LA area really quickly want to shout out Alexandria Hernandez she's a reporter really talented reporter for KTLA 5 she's been killing it on Twitter and on instagram updating whatever the la los angeles mayor has said uh the governor too and she's always just giving updates about covid19 and and everything so if you're in the la area strongly encourage you to follow her on those two platforms if you're in denver you know go up to your local news station and kind of find a reporter that's reliable just fact check everything guys though because i'm tired of hearing that please not that many of you have military connections especially higher up in the military. So please stop saying that and spreading it like facts. All right, moving on, because this is a podcast about lifestyle, about society and culture. And we're on episode 98, guys. I'm so excited. Two episodes away from the big 100. Still not sure what I'm going to do for episode 100, but I know that week of episode 100, I'm going to have a giveaway for you guys. I'll be announcing that on Twitter and on Instagram, and I will be updating you next week too on next week's show on how you can participate in that giveaway giveaway, and potentially win some cool prizes. Really excited. Again, thank you to all the day ones for listening, man. Anyways, the guest for episode 98 is the very talented J-Mac out of Anaheim, California. Funny story about J-Mac. I actually met him through two other artists that I've had on the show. Shout out to YBG. Shout out to Trey Hendricks. We actually pulled up to his music video recording one day. That's the first time I ever met him. I actually liked the sound of uh, his music at the time when we were recording. Went home, checked out more of his music. I was like, damn. Went to go see him perform at the House of Blues in Anaheim. And man, he's a, a terrific performer. High energy. I encourage you guys when all this is over and he has his next show. I strongly encourage you to go check out one of his performances. And yeah, we talk about his performances, a lot of his career, his biggest influences, living in Orange County, and a ton more. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy the conversation between J-Mac and myself. So I gotta ask, because your sound sounds very West Coast. Very. Growing up, who were some of your favorite West Coast artists? Um, I would say my like all-time West Coast favorite is Tupac. Um, I just I'm crazy for Tupac. Like I got a big ass frame of like Pac in my wall. Oh nice. Um, other than that, like my mom's favorite all-time rapper is uh, Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. So growing up, a lot of Ice Cube playing as well. Um, Tupac, um, even Snoop Dogg, Nate Dogg. Nate Dogg's like the king of hooks in my opinion. Like if you got Nate on the hook, it's yeah, it's going up. <laughs> um, Quicks like an inspiration to me. He's not like crazy like successful. I mean he is, but like yeah. he's not like one of the top names you think of. Mm-hmm. But um I really like Quick's sound. Like I feel like it's got that like smooth, like it ain't like a hard hitting. Mm-hmm. Like even his flow, like he's got some like badass songs that I fuck with. Um Daz Dillinger, all them corrupt. Mm-hmm. Two shorts of California like goat status too. Yeah. Like he's got the whole bay going crazy. Um, 
Yeah, I got the opportunity to open up for Too Short, mm -hmm. and like my parents and everything were like, "You gotta jump on that opportunity." <laughs> yeah, so, of course. It's cool knowing. I guess I've had that opportunity um, performing in the same little club as Too Short. Mm -hmm. um, even like down to like today's like SOB and all them, Kendrick Lamar, J Rock, all the TDE and um, yeah, Shoreline Mafia. That's crazy love for all the west coast sound for sure mm -hmm. so i got picked up on that and people love my west coast music so like i guess it's working out <laughs> yeah i know and it's like a unique style because like you mentioned it to you from nate dog to snoop it's very different sounds yeah yeah warren g to the dog pound is very different mm -hmm. dj quick has a whole different yeah that's a whole different and, lane you know and he had sugar free and high c on yeah. his crew so it's like but the west coast is very e like mm -hmm, e40 it's crazy oh, different like sounds man. here I was, have you ever watched that hip-hop evolution show yeah, on Netflix? Yes. Bro, hearing the, the E-40 section, man, that got me hyped, yeah. you know? Like, it's... Because we, we... Especially me, I can listen to older E-40, or not older, um, more recent E-40. I never really got into his old stuff. Yeah. But seeing that documentary got me into, like, digging deep into some of his older stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, like, E-40 was very different. Yeah. <laughs> so, growing up, who inspired you to kind of go ahead and record some music of your own? Um. So, like... I probably started off making music with my neighbors just for like fun. Mm -hmm. Like it was just like, hey, let's make a song. Like and it was like two a.m. Like oh yeah, really, like, it was just like fuck it, let's write. And uh, started off as a hobby. Um, like right away, like I just kind of grew on it and wanted to make more and more. Um, we would put like small tracks on YouTube, and um, we wouldn't really share them like that. It was just kind of like for us, like to yeah, hear. and like. It was recorded off like an iPhone 4 or something like that, iPhone 5. Um, we had like videos made like on a like iPod, mm -hmm. like of us like just wrapping it in the bedroom. Um, <laughs> then I like, quickly grew on to another neighbor that was like in the same mobile home park kind of, and he jumped on like making songs. The first guy I was working with, he kind of just fell off with making it, like he wasn't like taking it serious. And then the second one wanted to try to make some songs, he's like, I'll see what you guys are doing. I'm going to try to make some shit too. So then it kind of came with him and we had our little like duo thing and we made a few more songs. Uh, I think that was like the first music video we shot. It was like probably like an iPhone 6. Yeah. And it was like filmed at a park. I think one of those is still on my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And um, even then we still weren't really sharing it. But at one point, it was like maybe our second music video we made. Um, then I decided to share it to a few of my closer friends. This was probably like sophomore, junior year. And a few of them that I was sharing it with, I only shared it with like three or five people, but they all thought it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they were just trying to be nice because I'm their friend. <laughs> right. But I was like, okay, fuck it. I was, I, you guys are liking it, you say. So I yeah. guess I'll try to keep going. And then it shortly fell off with the uh, other neighbor kind of just falling back and I was still going like I still wanted it right I was kind of liking it yeah like, I was just falling in love with it and um, then I think I got in a relationship probably yeah like junior year I didn't make one song because mm. I was just like so focused on the relationship and all of my free time was going to her yeah and then um, we broke up and then that was probably like around January, February, 2017. I think that Christmas of 2016, even I think I got like my first like Blue Yeti mic. Oh, okay, and, nice. And I think and I got a laptop with that. So like 2017, I think it was like oh, it was over 50 songs I recorded and posted <laughs> on SoundCloud. And yeah, like that was right senior year, like the start of senior year. We kind of broke up, like middle senior year, mm -hmm. and then middle senior year the word was kind of going around with my friends kind of telling their friends like oh shit J-Max making music and I got merch made and people were buying merch my senior year mm -hmm. walking around campus seeing J-Max merch left right teachers were buying it all my other like students and um, yeah they were all kind of liking it so it was like no no question like some inspiration and motivation to keep going with it <coughs> and then um yeah, it's kind of just been going up and up from there. Yeah, these past like three, four years. I guess what well, 
What high school did you go to first? Uh, Catella. Catella High School? Yeah. Was it a pretty, would you say at the high school there was like a lot of music, music oriented people that were around you? Um, I don't I mean, there was a few people, like a real small handful, I guess, that were like known making music, mm-hmm. but not like, it wasn't like like a crazy high amount of mm-hmm. like, people making music, like, it was very few, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, what was going around, J-Mac's making music, Yeah, know, some people were fucking with it. How'd you come up with the name, J-Mac? Um, so, my first name's Jersey, last name is uh, McElrath, mm-hmm. that's way too long, <laughs> so I just took J from Jersey. Mac from McElrath. Got J Mac. Yeah, they try go. to keep it straight off the name instead of some different like name. Yeah. Little this. Yeah, yeah. Or just like some like adjective or something like that or mm-hmm. nouns. I just stuck with the name. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned it too that, you know, both your neighbors kinda of fell back and you mentioned that you love writing. What did you love most about continuing to write and, and record? Um I kinda like have fun with it because when I'm like writing a track, I'll kinda I almost need to hear the beat first before I write because mm-hmm. that can help with like inspiration to what I want to write about and topic wise and then I'll kind of like just try to mumble a flow and that kind of gets me like my writing rhythm so it's just I think it's fun to write and it's a way of just expressing yourself mm-hmm. so I love it <laughs> so going back to some of your early songs was it always like west coast beat west coast style um, or did you try and experiment in other lanes at first it wasn't at first what was I doing it was like, I was probably on some like Mac Miller type beats okay and like backpack rap Russ type beats yeah. and like just some Drake type beats um yeah I wasn't like on like just west coast sound at all really mm-hmm. I don't think I was until my first West Coast song was probably the one with Trey and that was like 2019 mm-hmm. and I was like I don't even think I had a West Coast like song Dang. yet okay. and I kind of went experiment with the West Coast beats um, Dr. Dre is crazy too with like beat making <laughs> yeah and he's West Coast too like when you come to looking at West Coast names mm-hmm but um, I just wanted to test it out, and I think I put like a snippet out of like the beat and the hook only, and immediately like I was getting like people telling me like, oh, this shit sounds crazy. Yeah, I want to hear this full one. So uh, which song I, was it? Uh, West Coast. Oh, okay, okay. So Eyes of the West. Yeah. yeah. So that's one of my more popular songs, and yeah, people liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have fun performing that one a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. I got a couple more West Coast songs. This album I'm working on, it's got like three to four like West Coast sound like beats on it, mm-hmm. and I think those are gonna do pretty well too. Mm-hmm. But in the start, I wasn't really on West Coast only. You got a you got a name for the album coming up? Not yet. I still want to write about maybe four to five more songs. I want to write, mm-hmm. and we'll kind of see off those vibes mm-hmm. I'm gonna come up with. So how do you start your writing process? How does that creative process start for you? Um, mainly from the beat, I'd say, like, mm-hmm. trying to find that motivation and what I want to write about. Um, I'd say rarely, I'm, I already, th- I mean, I am sometimes thinking, like, about a topic where I kind of want to go with that beat. So, like, one of these songs I have is, like, a slower, like, heartbroken like I'm sorry type of song mm-hmm. so immediately I went to like a Drake and like P&D type beat yeah so like that's one way but mainly I'd say um I'm just constantly looking through like my YouTube subscriptions of like these producers and I'm like always trying to find like what's new from yeah them. and if I find the beat I like that's recently in that little subscription list mm-hmm. and recently uploaded um if I like it then go from there, like I said, to trying to find that mm-hmm. motivation and what I hear best on mm-hmm. for that beat, and then I'll kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. So the reason I was really drawn to your music is like when listening to your lyrics, it's usually about your vision or just you know if you have a song about yeah. family. Yeah, you have a you have a lot of lyrics with substance, you know. Where definitely, especially in hip hop now, you could say a lot of hip hop is very just like money, this bitches that, yeah, that exactly, kind of stuff. exactly. Um, but what kind of inspired you to, to have that subject matter on your raps? I've always been like like in my song family I start the verse off with 
I'm a family first guy. That's just mm-hmm. how I live. Like, mm-hmm. family is just super close. Like, from my mom's side, dad's side, it's just real strong love. Mm-hmm. So, like, every holiday, like, Christmas, Thanksgiving, like, we get, like, the whole, like, cousin, uncles, aunts, like, everyone getting together. Mm-hmm. And it's been like that my whole life. Like, that's what I've just known. And that kind of just, even that, like, the J-Mac thing, like, growing up, even, like, in elementary, like, whether my dad was like on some softball team or whatever, coworkers and everything, they were calling him J Matt. Um, even his dad as well, my grandfather, was kind of known as J Mac too. It's just kind of like that family tree thing. Like oh, okay. Jimmy, Jason, and then Jersey. <laughs> so it's like J Mac, J Mac, J Mac. Yeah. And it's just like, I've always been. And I like J. Cole, Drake, Pop. Like, mm-hmm. they all speak. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, true story shit. Mm-hmm. Like, Dear Mom is, like, one of my favorite Tupac songs. Because mm-hmm. um, it's just got that, like, family, like, entitlement to it. And mm-hmm. it's just speaking real, like, shit. And Drake's got, like, his hip-hop and, like, R&B side. You can hear what he's, like, trying to, like, mention and go at and tell. Yeah. Same with J. Cole. Like, J. Cole's... That guy can rap his ass off, too. Yeah, cause... yeah, dude. His last album, K.O.D., was crazy. Yeah, I... That was my album of the year. Like, yeah. bro, that's what. Out of all those, those I think should have won it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was listening to that crazy, all like nonstop, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like that whole side of like music. I just love. Like, it's cool the trap scene. Mm-hmm. I'm not like talking shit or down it. Yeah, of course. It, like, I'll still like party to it, or whatever. Like, get hyped up to play ball with it or whatever. Like, yeah. it's it's cool. I just would rather be real and like even just that side of music where it's coming down to expressing yourself and whatever mm-hmm. and just telling a story like I think it's I mean it's easy to sing along to the trap shit but it's also like at the same time fun to like sing along to the rap shit where it's you can like tell you like something like yeah what I, it's yeah I love yeah like the real <laughs> side and like telling a story kind of rap versus mm-hmm. the just the Bitches, bitches, boy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but that's cool. I feel that. So I also, you know, listening to your lyrics too, you mentioned a few times that you don't drink, you don't smoke. No. Nope. Was that since, you know, since high school or did yeah. you kind of have a period where you dropped that? Uh, no, like I've never smoked anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I take sips of like Corona and shit, but like whatever, Smirnoff Ice. Like I just took sips of shit, but like mm-hmm. to finish like a whole ass like glass or whatever cup bottle whatever I'm not really crazy for it like I don't enjoy the taste of beer yeah, yeah of course <laughs> and, yeah. I mean no one probably I mean people do over time they get used to it but like I don't know when it's gonna start it's like damn this shit but like, like, smack it right now, like <laughs> yeah. give me another one the first one yeah but even like hard liquor like I guess it's just not really in like to that side of like where I wanna wake up with a headache hungover or yeah. like what the fuck did I say last night to her or like what did I do mm-hmm um, some people they like that feeling I know that they drink for the feeling mm-hmm. um, I'm just not really I don't care for it yeah like it's just like if I'm offered I'll probably just say no mm-hmm. and then smoking I just no yeah. thanks like I've been offered at parties to smoke and shit but I'll say no I have no problem saying no with peer pressure or anything like that that's so. good yeah cause I know a lot of people you could say whether it's in high school or right after high yeah, school exactly. peer, peer pressure, pressure can be you know, a scary thing for sometimes, and you always hear like, yeah. you know, every year I feel like uh, at the beginning of these like college year, a frat, a kid who's rushing a frat ends up dying because they do something way over the limit that yeah. they think they could take, but it's a lot of peer pressure for them to fit into a certain circle. You know, it is. But I've always had, I guess, that power to just say no to it. Mm-hmm. That's good. And your friends and everything, family, um, cool with that too. Yeah, yeah. Like my family, like we got like. <laughs> ton of like beer signs in the kitchen everywhere yeah. like they'll drink but they'll even offer me shit like mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh like, like we'll, we'll be even like do like some family shit like I don't know Cards Against Humanity or whatever oh yeah, 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 yeah and like they'll be drinking and shit and they'll just be offering like oh you want a drink and I'm like no I promise get this water <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like my friends will go out Buffalo Wild Wings or whatever They'll be getting beers. I'm mm-hmm. just the same, like, I'll get water. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So you're, like, pretty much designated driver for some Oh, yeah. Or... Like, yeah. <laughs> like, when I'm hanging out with coworkers too, whatever, yeah, I'm, I'm DD. <laughs> All right, nice, nice. 
That's for sure. Yeah. But I don't really care for it. Okay. Alright, so when looking at some of the music that you've dropped in, in twenty twenty, Never Fade. Was it? Yeah, never gonna fade. Never gonna fade. So never gonna fade, you dropped that in twenty twenty. What was the inspiration right behind writing those lyrics? Um, it's the same with my other songs, Dedicated and a Vision, like and it just kinda goes to that whole like telling a story thing, like mm-hmm. I'm not really phased by what a hater will think. Because I get those DMs or random, like, accounts created with, like, one follower just to talk shit on, like, me. Like, like thanks for taking the time to make <laughs> yeah. an account just to talk shit on me. Like, yeah, that means a lot. <laughs> you took the time out of your day to create this account just to yeah. DM me, like, stop making music. Thanks. You obviously like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, that's, like, and I guess... That's some shit for, like, the people who already fuck with me and mm. the people who are, like, on the side, like, listening, but, like, mm. not really telling you when they listen to the, they mm. listen to Jay Mike. Um, that's just me, like, telling my shit, like, mm. I'm not going anywhere, so like it or not, you're gonna, you're gonna exactly. be forced to listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> same with Dedicated, it's the same thing. Never mm. have doubt or question if I might make, it's gonna take some time, but best believe I'm dedicated. Mm-hmm. Um, a vision, yeah, it's just, I'm here to say, that's how I end one of the verses, too. So in your hip hop journey, what are some of the tougher obstacles or just things that you face when trying to come up in this industry? Um, writer's block for sure. Mm-hmm. There'll be times where you just survive into the beat, but like you just can't get words out. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be tough. Um, I mean, other than that, it ain't too much of a struggle. Um, Cause like what else recording music videos all those those fly by pretty fast it's just the writer's block sometimes mm-hmm. that could be like you want to keep going and you want to try to work on some music but you just can't get it that day mm-hmm. come back to the next day you got something going how long does it typically take you to write a particular song when you have an idea um i'd say it could take anywhere from like that 40 minute um sometimes it could even be like a couple of days like sometimes I'll get like a verse done or even just the hook done and I'll be trying to go at the verse but I don't want to make it feel forced either mm-hmm. I kind of want it to feel like more natural and authentic so sometimes I'll even like just write a hook and then I'll just come back to the beat the next day mm-hmm. and then it will work out mm-hmm. but if I'm like working like and everything's going smooth it could take probably like 30-40 minutes like I try to have the next bar with each line kind of stay on topic and relate to the next bar, previous bar. Mm-hmm. So I try to really like think about my lyrics instead of like rushing it where it's done in 20 minutes. Yeah, it makes sense. But um, if it's all going pretty smooth, probably like 40 minutes, 30 minutes, mm-hmm. I could probably get two hooks and two verses. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned it too, we were just chatting before the show that you also work, you know, a day job or a night job yeah. technically. How do you juggle, you know, between your you know, between music writing and also performances, and then also keeping up with your night um, job and making sure you get that money? Yeah, so I think with I actually like the night job because sometimes when I'll be getting home at like four or five in the morning, sometimes like on the weekends, um, my parents will be getting ready for work, other sisters will be getting ready for school, so the house will kind of be empty like at seven a.m. and like. Usually after work, you're not really going to fall asleep right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have those days maybe once a week or so where you fall asleep right after work. But like other than that, especially when you're, like, you're like cleaning and closing, yeah. your energy is so up. It's kind of like a workout where you're not really trying to like fall asleep. Like your body needs to calm down. Right. So I'll be calming down kind of. But at the same time, while I'm calming down. I'm hearing the showers come on and everything. The TVs, yeah. the news come on. So like, it's not able to, like, to fall asleep so fast. Mm-hmm. And then once they leave, it's just like... All right, right now I'm about to like turn on these monitor speakers. Let's bump some music, some yeah, beats, okay. and I'm gonna get to writing and then recording as well. Okay. Um, even like on my breaks, like at my lunch breaks at work, like sometimes if I'm not hungry, if I ate before work, mm-hmm. I'll be in my car with like just the Bluetooth <laughs> sync, like just playing the beat, and I'll be like trying to write some shit on my phone real fast mm-hmm. too on my like, break. But it could be anywhere mm-hmm. from morning, night to like where I want to write. Mm-hmm. Now, I ask this question to a lot of different guests, because when I first started the podcast, parents were really behind it. But how did your family kind of take when you wanted to pursue hip-hop? How did they kind of respond and support you through that? Um, I mean, yeah, like, they they loved hip-hop, mm-hmm. so they didn't have a problem with their son making hip-hop. 
Um, they're really supportive. My mom and dad, like, even with all my shows, like, they'll be telling their coworkers, nice. and they'll be trying to really get the word out, sending them their, like, coworkers, the YouTube links to all my new music videos. So I got real, like, strong family support, and um, even, like, my uncles and aunts, they'll be posting some shit sometimes on their, like, Snapchat story or whatever. Uh, it was just goes kind of go back to that, that whole, like, family love and everything and mm-hmm. that side. But, yeah, they... They love it. They're proud of me. So it's cool. Yeah. So going back to your performances, I had the chance to watch you last Friday. You have sure. a lot of high energy. Who'd you kind of just get that? Who'd you watch or how'd you get that, um, that style from? I haven't like been to like a high amount of performances, but like I've seen Drake live. I've seen Travis Scott live. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my new favorite rappers is Lil Skies. He's got that whole like Travis Scott influence on his side as well. And it's just like high energy. Like, I think it's more fun as a crowd member too mm-hmm. when the whole energy's kind of like in the room, it's getting contagious versus yeah. just kind of like standing there. So, I definitely try to like make the crowd feel engaged and like have fun as well. Because that's another thing I tell my mind, like backstage, even. Um, like, if people are paying these $12, I want to make sure it's worth these $12. I don't want no one feeling regret with the purchase. Mm-hmm. I don't want no one after the show, like, thinking, damn, I really paid 12 bucks for this. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I really try to put on a show and make everyone feel welcome. And not only that, like, I think when people see, like, these videos of me performing, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, okay, he's actually doing some, like, yeah, dope exactly. shit. Like, I got to go to the next one. Mm-hmm. So, and, like, that's another thing, too. Um, you could be, like, a good, like, iconic classified rapper mm-hmm. but at the same time if your show energy is kind of low or you're like oh my parents always tell me this too like they've been to other like um old rap like concerts and the people will just be dancing to the music yeah and that's another thing too like my parents are real strict on like people are coming to see you perform like don't just dance with the music playing in the back yeah like, yeah. actually rap the shit <laughs> so yeah, like, that's just more of, like, that, like, real, like, strong vibe I get with the music, too, when I'm on stage. Mm-hmm. It's just rapping, like, those, like, real lyrics mm-hmm. versus, like, that, like, turn-up trap kind of, like, vibe to it. Mm-hmm. It's getting me more into, like, my, like, zone and feelings. Yeah. And I'm, like, rapping, like, some shit, like, dedicated or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I try to, I definitely try to bring energy to every performance I have, whether it's a room of three people to potentially a room of 18,000 people. Yeah. Do you remember where and when your first concert was? It was actually about a year ago um, at this uh, little place called Chain Reaction. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, That was real cool. Uh, I probably had, I think I sold about 42, 45 tickets my first show. Nice. Um, It was a 30-minute set. Um, I had someone do a little recap video that looked pretty dope. Um, Photos came with it and everything. It was probably, it was definitely March of 2019, and I've had, that was technically my sixth show this last few days, and that was my third one at the House of Blues. I've had two or three at the Chain Reaction, and then I opened up for Too Short mm-hmm. at Blush Club right there at the Garden Walk as well. Nice. So, I'd say in this past um, year, I've done a lot of performances. Mm-hmm. Definitely trying to get more into it with all these like free, like, original mic shows and everything in Santa Ana and like all these small clubs and stuff yeah like 10 minute sets just trying to get some more exposure to my name out there mm-hmm. but yeah about a year ago what are some things you do to kind of help prepare yourself for any nerves that you get before a show um I feel like the nerves are kind of there like that whole like out like Chain Reaction House of Blues I guess this last show I didn't really have any nerves I'm gonna be honest but like my first like House of Blues show first Chain Reaction show you get those butterflies in your stomach and everything just even parking yeah parking. Exactly. <laughs> like or even like when you're halfway there from your house to the venue like damn i'm about to pull up to the chain reaction I'm yeah. about to like sign this contract i'm about to like get everything ready like it could be real nerve-wracking but even for my very first show once i did that sound check or once i said my first word like Hey, how's it going? And I get that little feedback. Or even, like, just from walking on stage before I even say it, and I hear the crowd, like, cheering for me. Yeah. Like, nerves are just gone. Like, I'm ready to kill this shit. Like, okay. All <laughs> let's right. Let's turn it up. Let's have fun tonight. Mm-hmm. And then that goes back to the let's make it worth their money thing. Yeah, okay. Let's have fun with it. Were you always like that as a kid? Just, like, not afraid of the limelight? Or were you more shy? No, like, that's the thing. My parents will... Everybody, like, 
my family, from uncles, aunts, everyone, I guess, knows me as, like, the quiet kid. Okay. But, like, yeah, like, all my uncles, aunts, when it's their first time going to, like, one of my shows, they'll be, like, telling me, and my mom will tell other people, like, it's crazy, right? Like, this kid did that? He's like, a whole <laughs> different person on stage. It's crazy. Yeah. It's fun to watch. But, like, I just, I'm not really, I don't know, like, I wouldn't say I was a popular kid in high school, but, like, at the same time, like, my music was kind of spreading. Mm-hmm. But I guess I wasn't, like, dying or, like, trying to be the whole, like, show. But I just try to put on a show when I'm on stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but my parents, just, yeah, everyone will say, my whole family, if you ask them, they'll say, no, this no. is a quiet dude. He's not going to do that on stage. Dang. So you never did, like, talent shows when you are no. younger or nothing? I did sports basketball mm-hmm. baseball but like nothing with like theater or anything like that band nothing mm-hmm. just sports mm-hmm. and then I guess at parties I guess I'm the quiet kid apparently <laughs> <laughs> to my parents but yeah now I hear the beat I, I had the lights on me mm-hmm. mic in my hand people have their phones out yeah let's do it it gets you in a different zone yeah exactly okay so like a little alter Plus ego. the love music, so yeah. it's all there. You go yeah. from Jersey to Jersey. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. So growing up in Anaheim, what was that like to you? Like, what were some you know your childhood experiences like in Anaheim? Uh, yeah, I went my whole education life, elementary, junior high, high school is all Anaheim. Um, my parents, that was kind of their one main focus because both of them they went to multiple high schools, multiple junior highs. Yeah, constantly were losing like friends throughout this like phase of their life and their main goal I guess raising children was trying to keep us in the same school district our whole life and they did it mm-hmm. but uh, I've always been at home we lived in Fullerton for a little bit but even then I was still going to school in Anaheim and we went in Fullerton for a while back in Anaheim grew up born raised in Anaheim mm-hmm. uh, been my life pretty yeah. much the whole way do you have any favorite spots, parks, or places that you would hang out when you were a kid? Um, I played a lot of ball at the park right across uh, my place where I was starting to make music in Low Homes. Um, it was just the elementary, but it was kind of the park too, Rio Vista Park. Mm-hmm. One of my first music videos of, I think, like 2019 was at Rio Vista Park. Mm-hmm. Um, I played a lot of ball at Steve Ambrose, but it's kind of like... Typically yeah, orange, That's, the city yeah. of orange, but it's like really borderline. Border, Anaheim. Yeah. Like it's right there. Um, uh, I played baseball. Anaheim. I did a Anaheim Pony and North Anaheim Little League. Um, yeah, the block. I mean, that's yeah. That's like right in the middle. Yeah, of everything. that's another borderline too. Of right. Anaheim and. Uh, I Angel Games, that's a big thing. At Disneyland, you got. I've mm-hmm. been in Disneyland probably like six or seven times. Uh, about yeah, maybe about seven times. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's pretty. What's nice. your What's your favorite spot to eat in Anaheim? Mmm. Are we talking like? Like a hole in the wall kind of thing, or like it could be either or. I mean, if you want to get one hole in the wall, one um, you know chain restaurant, it doesn't matter. I mean, I feel like I can never go wrong with some In and Out. Yeah. Okay. Um, plus, it was right there by my high school, so I guess I ate there a lot because, like, during a varsity game or even like practice or whatever, right after school, some of us would just kick it right there at the In and Out. Um, oh, right across In and Out was the Pizza Boy. I mentioned that in a song. Uh, that's just, they had like this 75 cent slice deal like on oh, Wednesdays. Oh, really? So like that was, <laughs> yeah, we, we all went there after Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings is always a good, cool spot to go. Um, shit, yeah. Um, all those small like, taco shops, like almost anywhere in Anaheim, you can never yeah. go wrong. But yeah. Mexican food's fire out here. <laughs> That's one Don't thing I fire. took I took for granted when <laughs> I, I moved to Sacramento for a little bit. Just, you know, Mexican food isn't the same in other places, you know? You're yeah. like, ah. Uh, even in Sacramento? Mm-mm. Yeah, even, I mean, there'll be spots, but it's like not, you know how you kind of said every place in Anaheim is pretty good? 
like Sacramento, there's like out of the ten spots, there's like five, you know. So I feel like the the ratio of good Mexican food in Sacramento is different than here, where it's yeah. like nine out of ten is really good. It's real uh, crazy, like in LA, mm-hmm. like yeah. all those LA taco trucks. Yeah, they're like everywhere you go, <sighs> the trucks and even like the hot dog vendors. Yeah, you know? like that. That's like a very LA signature yeah. thing. Santa Ana's kind of doing it too. Mm-hmm. They're those trucks too and everywhere mm-hmm. yeah and i'm sure it's, it's probably gonna get to anaheim eventually i mean there's already probably a few mm-hmm. uh you've been to cali tacos yeah okay yeah there yeah he likes the, the burritos are about too that's that's orange but mm-hmm. that place is fire i think they got one in like huntington too don't yeah they? i think so by the beach area yeah okay i think so i've been cali tacos probably like five times i should be there more though <laughs> <laughs> that's good. okay so going back to your music Take me back to your first album, Understanding of a Young God. When you when you go back and listen to that album, what kind of what what do you think about when you hear that song? Um, I think that's me kind of just introducing myself. Um, understanding Young God, yeah, that's just like me kind of saying that you're about to understand what I call myself a young God. Um, the opening track, uh, Blow Up, the hook just goes off with J Mac will tours one day. I'm a blow up someday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then thoughts. It transitions to is my second song off that. And it's just me saying like, I'm thinking large. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of like me explaining myself where I see the potential of what I can be, and let me tell you about it mm-hmm. for sure. Definitely those type of vibes I get off it. Mm-hmm. And then going from your first album to your second album in a Max World. How did your style and rhythm grow from those first yeah, those two albums? It's it's really crazy to think about when I play back the second album versus the first album. Like, for the most part, mixing was about the same, all done through myself in my bedroom. But just the sound, like, and by sound I mean flow and everything from like my verses, I see huge like improvement like if you take three or four songs from a max world versus three songs from understanding young guy a max world is just like much more higher sound quality Mm -hmm. like it's just improvement for sure because i had a few extra singles between those albums but it's crazy and even my newer singles now with a vision and um dedicated all those it's it constantly is improving and mm-hmm. that's almost every new music video I drop every new song I drop when I'm sharing it I always hear that like oh this is my favorite song from you and hearing that is um, inspiration as well because if I constantly am dropping something and I constantly hear this is my favorite song from you mm-hmm. then what is it gonna sound like in two or three years when yeah. I'm still the same dedication like, I have strong faith and belief in myself mm-hmm. to do it all. How long did it take to put those albums together, roughly? Uh, I'd say maybe it's been about, I'd say if I were to take an average out of those, probably like two months. Mm-hmm. Like right now, I'm on working on my third album. I got about half of it done in this last month, so I'll probably finish it like another month, hopefully. Okay. So like two and a half months or so. Mm-hmm. That's probably what it'll take for, and that's what 10 tracks, I'm probably going to maybe do 10 tracks as well in the third album because both those albums have 10 tracks mm-hmm. and I don't know if I want to stick to that traditional 10 track J-Mac album which I feel is like a solid piece of work mm-hmm. it's not too short it's not like crazy long it's just perfect I feel but I might do 11 or 12 on this one we'll see okay nice you said you don't have a name for that one right? nah yeah we're kind of okay. just going to see what the vibes I go off these next few songs are but it's it's got some good songs already okay <laughs> and I know it's gonna keep getting better these next three songs that mm-hmm. I aren't even thought of yet mm-hmm. and then I know you had a collaboration album with Trey yeah Trey Hendrix you guys made an album Trey Mac how did that come about and who you know got the ball, ball rolling on that idea? um so yeah our first collab was probably 2017 maybe 2018 I think 2017 maybe 2018 though um it was off one of his uh, earlier albums and he hit me up. We got it working. Um, people were loving my, that song we did. I have a few people actually who told me that's still their like favorite like J Mac verse. Mm-hmm. Um, Which one was it on? Uh, the track's called Twelve. Oh, okay. Um, it's yeah, that was a while ago. 
but then uh, I posted that West Coast snippet on my Instagram, and <laughs> Trey was like, I'm hopping on that. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, hell yeah, yeah, let's do it. And then that dropped on a Max World, and going crazy. <laughs> so, uh, one of my more, most viewed music videos. Yeah. Just past 2,000 views. Uh, nothing crazy, but 2,000. I'll take it. It's a start, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then um, he, I think, had the idea of the collab tape, and I was 100% all in with it because mm-hmm. every song we've made, people love it. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. So let's make some good music for the people. And yeah, I got a handful of people who love a lot of songs on that album. Yeah, <laughs> I, that was for, I mean, maybe it's because I knew both of you guys and I had Trey on the show previously, but yeah. I really vibe with the, the songs in that album too, man. Like, even making it, like, I, I was telling Trey, like, from the first song to the last song, I don't know what people are going to like the most. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like, like banger after banger, shit, you know? But yeah, it's good music. Mm-hmm. And then just the name, like, your two names together. Yeah, it just blows off so well, you know? Yeah. Like, Trey Mac, you know? If you guys did a second one, just be Trey Mac part two. Yeah, exactly. It'd probably be Trey Mac too. <laughs> change it up. Yeah, it probably would. It'd be like culture. Yeah, exactly, just exactly. Just add a number it. after it. And that's what we did with uh, West Coast too. Yeah. That's on the table. We just said West Coast. but it's cool i love i love that tape Mm -hmm. so what are some other plans you have for 2020 going um we'll get this album coming out very soon ton of more singles after that i've already dropped like three or four singles it's only march Mm -hmm. um this album's gonna have another like 10 15 songs probably dropping in this probably april maybe may and then i already got the music video done for that you pulled up too Mm -hmm. that's gonna be on the album I already got one of those music videos done. I'm already planning on working on another music video off the album. So it's already all planned out with music videos for this album. Mm -hmm. More singles to come after that. I'm already working on trying to have another show probably a month or so after the album to perform those new tracks. Some of the other iconic songs like West Coast. Um, But yeah, it's all planned out. I'm trying to do more local shows as well, like those 10-minute club scenes. Mm -hmm. Just trying to get my name out there a little bit more because... I feel like my music's good. I just gotta get more exposure. Yeah. What has been one of your favorite spots to record at? Um, like performing. Performing, yeah. Um, for sure, House of Blues. Mm-hmm. The lighting, I just I'm in love with the lighting there. Like, Even the sound is nice. Yeah, man. it's it's top class, mm-hmm. A plus all the way around from lighting to sound. Mm-hmm. Um, the lights, I love when they have the lights flashing with like the bass kind of in sync with it. Like, yeah, man, I love that. Um, <laughs> The way the lights are different colors, almost for different songs, like mm-hmm. it just feels like I'm like a big star already in there. Yeah, like, it's not even the main room yet, but like I'm confident I will reach the main room in the hospitals one day. Hey, that's what's up. I'm gonna sell out that venue. Mm-hmm. Going back to your music videos, when you look at your YouTube page, you have quite a few. Is that something that's very important out there to put visuals with Hell your songs? Yeah. I think, like even like as a upcoming artist. I feel like some people really won't even give a shot and listen to your music. Like, mm-hmm. no one's going to really have the urge to type in J-Mac on Spotify or whatever. But you got the link in bio with a YouTube music video. Mm-hmm. And just... People kind of want to see what right. you're like, too. What you look like, how you kind of come off on camera, mm-hmm. the energy you bring on camera and all that. It's just a whole nother, like, engagement side to it as well. Mm-hmm. Plus, you got the comment section right there. It's everything. Yeah. It's real, like... I think music videos is like very important to especially an upcoming like artists like that just trying to and not only that more pe- I think more people I mean it goes I guess 50-50 but I could see more people tagging me and sharing a music mm-hmm. video over right. just the track mm-hmm. um, like yeah even like YouTube views are for the most part I'd say higher than stream numbers mm-hmm. um, yeah like even like you see like some big name artists they get like 500 million views 300 million views mm-hmm. YouTube it's just you, you gotta get a music video yeah like and you get something that's high quality and everything mm-hmm. people are gonna fuck with it I think where do you get a lot of your ideas for your music video shoots um I've tried to film local just giving back to that whole like Orange County love mm-hmm. and West Coast love but like like uh, my Juice County music video, it was like perfect timing. Like I was like, I gotta shoot a music video at the fair. Oh yeah, yeah, and okay. That video, 
like there was one scene I shot in front of like this ride and it's like a Friday night or something like that like this fair is packed so my, my camera's filming me shadow art cannon and uh the there's like a sea of like legit a thousand people <laughs> watching me dance yeah in front of a camera dude that's but, like I wasn't like nervous at all like because I saw like people on the left and right like trying to take snapshots mm-hmm. like I wasn't nervous for that because I've already performed before that mm-hmm. it wasn't a thousand people I performed in but like in front of a crowd and I'm also going to get this music video on YouTube but it's going to get more than a thousand views and that music video already has over a thousand views as well mm-hmm. so like these 800 people seeing me dance like and then I don't really I guess once I'm on stage too it's like another thing like I might have that like mindset where I kind of want to perform in front of 18,000 people mm-hmm. so performing in front of uh, this 80 people whatever it's just uh, it's nothing to what I want to be at yeah so but yeah that video <laughs> it was a bunch of people like every every location there were people watching us film mm-hmm. but I loved it <laughs> that's cool um, but music video like I try to keep it like OC related um I'm almost running out of spots like <laughs> I shot like I probably have like over 10 music videos on my YouTube channel and like one thing for the next music video is just the struggles like where can I film next like, I haven't filmed that mm-hmm. like I filmed at Angel Stadium I filmed at Honda Center I filmed at the fair I filmed at the local parks I f- yeah I just kind of I got like three or four more spots I'm like, trying to save off for my next music videos yeah but like after that I'm just gonna have to I guess move out of Anaheim <laughs> probably, <laughs> something filmed yeah. everywhere <laughs> as long as Orange County though yeah said, yeah so yeah like maybe I, the riverbed yeah I actually already have one there too okay. I think for my older I don't know if it's still on my YouTube but I already have an old ass song at the riverbed too and that's all that's was made and made by me off my iPhone oh so like sure. that was a while back <laughs> yeah and before we had a cameraman before music was like yeah that was mm-hmm a while back but I already have a few spots in Garden Grove kind of next to like the whole Knott's Berry Farm area mm. that I kind of want to use okay um Warner Park yeah area nah, I'm I'm coming down to every spot taking it down no yeah down. <laughs> that's dope though but and not only that like I'm not trying to duplicate and copy off another Orange County rapper mm-hmm. who just filmed at this like park whatever I don't want to duplicate it. I kind of want to do things my way where it's like, J-Mac did that first. Mm-hmm. It's like the fair. Yeah, there's... Like, I was trying to look up like Orange County Fair music video. Like, nothing was popping up. Mm-hmm. But, and like, the whole topic of Juice County, basically Orange County, I felt like the fair was just like the perfect setting for this music video. Mm-hmm. And the lighting is just crazy at the fair. My cameraman, he's... Was it during the evening? We started like... 4 p.m., okay. 5 p.m., so there's a few sun shots in there, but there's a lot of nighttime like lighting yeah. shots in the music video as well. Mm-hmm. Super cool video. So before we wrap things up on the show, I do like to ask some fun questions just to get the listeners and uh, viewers to know you a little bit more. If you could have any topping on a pizza, what would it be? Uh, I'm actually that pineapple guy. Yeah? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> pineapples I could eat alone. Can you eat pineapples alone at least? Yeah, okay. toppings or top, you know, one or more. Uh, one. Yeah, I like pineapples, ham, pepperoni, sausage, the Hawaiian pizza. I don't know how people don't like Hawaiian pizza. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, that combination is crazy. Uh, I'm not really too crazy with onions. Like, even in my burger, like, I'm not really. I mean, sometimes I'll get grilled onions at In-N-Out, mm-hmm. but it's not every time. Onions... I'm not crazy for extra cheese. I love some extra cheese on the pizza. That's pretty much it. All those types of ham, sausage, pepperoni, Mm -hmm. cheese, pineapple. What would your last meal be? From like... Anywhere, yeah. Like if you had to have a last meal. I really feel like you can't go wrong with rice and meats. Like you could put that on anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Keep it classic. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think dig rice that. and beans would be not a bad way to go. Okay. <laughs> if you could have any kind of exotic pet, what would it be? Damn, I don't know. I never really had like a lot of pets growing up, so I never really haven't thought about that. Yeah. 
Name me a fear. Let me see what I have to side with. Just, you know, like, people lost, People say monkeys. A lot of people have said, like, uh, camels, uh, tigers, lions. Okay. I think I'd go with the monkey. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's not too crazy or too big, mm-hmm. I guess. Did Michael Jackson have, like, a monkey? And I think a lot just, of people have just, had monkeys. Yeah, they're pretty popular, I think. In certain states, and maybe, like, I don't know how it is in U.S., actually, but I know certain states is, like, illegal. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But <laughs> I feel like maybe a monkey beside a dog would be that next, like, man's best friend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because so yeah, the monkeys have thumbs, so they can, like, you know, they can throw stuff, open stuff up. Like, yeah, they're, they're pretty smart. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. You probably get a cool friend out of a monkey as a pet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. If you could go back and to any time or place or era in history, where would you want to go back to? Hmm. I guess that 90s scene because mm-hmm. music was really especially hip hop in the mm-hmm. 90s that was really you got Biggie and everything right there kind of going up Tupac my favorite uh, I'd probably go with the 90s real cool right there I mm-hmm. think I felt if you could talk to any person dead or alive who would you want to talk to or people it could be multiple um Tupac, of course. Um, uh, Drake, Drake's another like one of my goats. Like, I wouldn't classify him as my favorite rapper because he's got that R and B side to him too. I don't mm-hmm. classify him as just a rapper. He's like a whole artist. Like, he's got different languages he's speaking yeah. about and everything. Different like pop. His whole like views, his pop like kind of sound. Take care is kind of like notorious for like that R and B kind of side and. Uh, Drake's definitely a goat for me. Tupac, Kobe. Oh yeah, rest in peace, Kobe. Kobe, that whole mentality of just mm-hmm. doing what it takes. Shit. Where were you when you found out the news that he passed? I was probably. I think I was just about falling asleep because I just finished my graveyard shift that time, and I was in bed. My mom knocked on the door. I woke, kind of walked in and just said, "Kobe Bryant's dead." And like, immediately I kind of didn't take it in. Yeah. It just didn't seem real, you know? It still don't seem real. Yeah. But like, I kind of just like laid there. I was like, she's just reading some false news. Yeah, some fake this, news. Yeah, this, sure. this ain't real. But then like, I'm not really falling asleep. Like, I'm still just thinking about it. <laughs> and then I hear the TVs on in the house, living room and everywhere that it's all over the news everywhere and I, then I'm like okay let me pull out my phone let me see what's going on here and then you see TMZ's posting and everything it's going on more and more sources more and more throughout my whole feed that day was like straight Kobe just mm-hmm. everyone posting about it so then it hits you right there and yeah mm-hmm. I, was in, I know you're a big basketball fan what what did he mean to you personally I I remember, like, elementary, I would be playing ball, like, recess, lunch recess, and then during those times, my elementary days, is when they were winning it with Gasol and Bynum and everyone. Okay. So, before then, I got, was kind of, like, already, it's a big Laker house, my mom and dad, Laker fans, so, I was, like, Kobe was my whole childhood on the television, mm-hmm. um, from watching him win it. Because I, I didn't catch on probably like 2006, 2007 because I was still like so young. But 2008, where he's kind of like dropping that Madison Square Garden record. Yeah. Um, kind of from there to the rest of his career, I just paid attention to every game. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone, you know, that whole like Kobe, he throws some shit in the trash yeah, or whatever. Yeah, for real. Even like just not even that, like you could just be playing ball like at recess. I'm saying everyone's over there doing the fadeaways yeah. because of Kobe. I was getting the post. By the way, Kobe. Yeah. Shooting a three-pointer. Kobe, like, it's junior high, high school. I got into uh, making the teams. Basketball. I love basketball. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Kobe was every night in the living room, the whole family getting together. Yeah. The whole, like I said, strong love, the connection of the family. We're all there eating dinner, watching the Laker game. Mm-hmm. Those KCAL nine days before they Yeah, rocked. dude, I remember those days, man. Back when like yeah. everybody played for on free TV. Yeah, and it was tough watching those days with like Smush Parker, Kwame Brown. <laughs> yeah, those were some tough times, but yeah, 
Now we're, now we're right here at the top of the West. <laughs> <laughs> just clinched playoffs for the first time since 2013. Yeah, man. It's good. It's, good. It's, a, it's crazy Like when people say that, too, since 2013. It doesn't feel that long. Yeah. It really doesn't. And Because even this is the second year with LeBron, but you because know, they didn't make it their first Yeah, he year. had a little injury and everything. Mm-hmm. Young core around him, but then we got AD and everything. Mm-hmm. Dwight Howard and... The second stint of Dwight, yeah. Dwight Howard. That, that would man, be crazy, too. If he would have just... Been more serious with Kobe, mm. and that was the thing with Kobe though. Like throughout his career, it was hard. Like it was hard to find the right guys to play with. Him, yeah, a lot know? of people didn't like playing with him because he mm-hmm. was so like forceful. Intense. Yeah, yeah forceful. He was just his way or the highway, kind of. Yeah, and that video of him in practice. Have you seen where he's just talking, talking shit? Trash, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll say he's he's fought like Smush Parker. He's fought like a few other guys. That, yeah, yeah. They weren't living up to his part. Like he's you know he's gonna say something. Well, to I you. love that shit where he's like. We're supposed to be out here to get better. This motherfuckers ain't doing shit for me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that must have been crazy in that yeah. practice. Right after Lynn Sanity mm-hmm. kind of joined the team, and he wasn't really up to core with what he did in New York. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was tough. Robert Sacre. Yeah. Oh, God, dude. There <laughs> yeah. were some... Who was the other tall white dude that was uh, from... Chris Kamen? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he was trash. That, that's some pretty... But, like, that was, like, the... I guess the guys that were left over that were... Cause there were some other stars that they were going after. Yeah, they didn't want to play with Kobe at that time. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know? Man, we were supposed to get Chris Paul too. I remember yeah. that, but then that really screwed like Kobe. Over. There that would have been interesting to see. There was a meme that when Kobe passed, like it's David Stern, like like spitting out a, a drink because he sees Kobe for the first time, like <laughs> Shit. in heaven. And I'm right. like, that's pretty funny. You know? like, <laughs> I didn't see that one because <laughs> he that could have yeah. changed easily his career. You know, he yeah, had that... won two more. Yeah, because you know? that was probably like. A prime CP almost. Yeah, when he was about to get offered. And join I think them. he was like about to enter his prime because yeah. that was the year after the Hornets back with yeah, they were yeah the like Hornets, Lost right? City days. Yeah, well, it was yeah the Hornets versus that Lakers in the first round and they lost. Yeah. but you saw CP three and I want to say David West was on that team yeah. for sure and whoever else not that good of players. That nah, wasn't. But they battled, you know, they battled the Lakers and I was like, oh man, CP three is gonna be nice. And yeah. He eventually, fucking went to the Clippers, man. I know. <laughs> But they ain't do shit. No, yeah, yeah they did it. Is, they so. did it. <laughs> CP gone, everyone. Griffin's gone. Mm-hmm. Jordan's gone. Everybody. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Fuck him again for getting quiet. <laughs> All right. So to continue on with the fun questions, if you were trapped on an island, what were what are some five things the five things that you would need to take to that island? Should I probably bring some type of laptop and then mic just to keep the music shit going? Yeah. Water. I'm always cool some water. There's still three. Uh, what's the fourth and fifth? I guess my phone. Yeah. And nowadays, almost a phone's like the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fifth and final. Mm. I wouldn't say a camera. Mm-hmm. It'd be some type of food, but like, I don't know, because then that food would be gone in a day. <laughs> What could be like an unlimited supply of blank, you know? Well, like, are we like a tropical island? Or like, what kind of island? Like, yeah, let's just okay. say tropical. Then I'd probably get some like fruits, unlimited fruits. Okay. Because, like, melons and shit. Huh? Yeah, like all that shit. Like, strawberries, grapes, bananas, mm-hmm. apples, everything. That should be pretty pretty cool making music with some shit like that on <laughs> yeah dude that's my friend there <laughs> <laughs> you got all the time and everything yeah writing okay yeah but definitely music mm-hmm. still keep it going trying to reach these billboards nice so what human invention are you most grateful for I guess a phone yeah cause you're still able to interact with all those old high school friends and everything mm-hmm. I'm sure like my grandparents and everything I mean they kind of all kind of met back once Facebook kind of came for them yeah but, uh, but they I mean think about it they're probably like 60 yeah, plus yeah I already forgot a few names mm-hmm. but like nowadays Snapchat Instagram you got everything right there on the cellular device right there in your hand mm-hmm. still kind of catch up with all your old friends and still hang out cause without all that it was just like you had to get a phone number yeah and there's a home phone number yeah <laughs> and it was like you know you might have to talk to their parent or something yeah. you know yeah can I speak to John that's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> Jersey yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> his friend <laughs> but 
Yeah, I guess a phone, because shit, it'd be kind of lonely. But phones are tough, too, because you get the whole negative side of social media. But mm-hmm. so winning, you got to battle right there with the phone. Yeah. Social media. Do you think phones and social media kind of eliminated, like, high school reunions and shit? Yeah. I mean, you could still kind of, I guess, make one happen. Just kind of just, everyone's mm-hmm. kind of posting about it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you kind of already... Cause like the reunions are kind of kind of like a to catch up on what everyone's kind of doing, mm-hmm. but when you've had them on social media for these like twenty years already, you've kind of seen what they've been doing. Exactly, so it's real easy to talk to them, just message them, yeah. or you swipe up on a story on Snapchat or just DM them on Instagram. Yeah, so yeah, because you mentioned your grandparents, like just thinking their yeah. generation, like it was you know they couldn't keep up with people like yeah, so the way we do. I reunions. feel like once we get like our first reunion, it's kind of like I already know what like my friends are up to because. Yeah. I still, you know, I still see what they're doing, and it's like unless you really care about other people who, because I know there's still some people who are off the grid, on yeah. like you know, on Instagram yeah, or yeah, Twitter or shit. But for the most part, I feel like a lot, like eighty percent of the people. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I guess people like you may have it in a class, let's say that you follow on Instagram, but you mm-hmm. never really talked with. You know what I mean? I guess those reunions would kind of be like more of like a, oh, they're right there in front of me, kind of thing. So let me, I guess, ask them like. Hey, how's your daughter? I see you have a daughter. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I guess that's kind of more thing versus just randomly DMing them like, "Hey, yeah, congrats on the daughter, whatever." Versus like now you're kind of there in the reunion kind of mm-hmm. thing, but you kind of already caught up for the most part with yeah. everything in their life mm-hmm. on social media now. Nice. Well, really appreciate you again for taking the yeah, time out of uh, your day to you know come well, record. Real quick before we go, can you plug you where you can find your music and your Instagram? Um, yeah, Spotify is JMac capital J and then M-A-C-K lowercase uh, all my music videos are on my YouTube channel uh, jmacvevo j-m-a-c-k capital v-e-u-e-l uh, Apple and iTunes it's a little weird they got like jmac with like a, a hyphen kind of capital M lowercase a-c-k so it's all different but like you could probably search up jmac west coast I'll pop up right there yeah on anywhere uh, Instagram jmac underscore 714 Strong keys right there. Alright, cool. Big thank you again. Thanks for having me. Noah Alvarez back here to wrap up another episode of the My Mike and I podcast. Sorry that the intro was a little longer than usual, but I'll make this outro relatively quick. A reminder, this podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, all those apps, all the platforms. We're also on Anchor too, just uploaded on that. So you can find us pretty much anywhere where you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube too. Go, sh- go, you know, go shout out at Noah Alvarez. I don't think I have to throw the app, but go check out Noah Alvarez on YouTube. I have a my, my Mike and I playlist for the last few episodes. And yeah, we're doing visuals. We're doing it big here. 2020, nothing but up is a, well, I guess you want to say like that, but we're going all gas, no brakes, like I've said in the past. And guys, I encourage you to chase your dreams, never chase a check, use this time wisely. Shout out to everyone that's working during COVID-19. Be safe out there, wash your hands, you know, practice social distancing, all that good stuff. One more time too, shout out Generic Sports for the instrumental. Shout out to Vince Correa for designing the My Mike and I logo. And shout out to all you guys, the listeners, because without you, none of this is possible. So one last time, Noah Alvarez signing off. Till next time.